0: Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times, plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ryan Stewart. He's the inventor of Art Splash by Mattel and winner of ABC's The Toy Box TV show. Ryan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kevin. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You know, I, I kind of remember finding you on LinkedIn and, and actually my, my daughter has a Art Splash and, and she actually really loves it. And so when I kind of stumbled across your portfolio or your profile on LinkedIn, I was like, oh, I should see if this guy wants to, to be on the show. And we kind of connected and, you know, you, you agreed to do the show, which I'm honored to, you know, to have you on the show. But maybe before we get into kind of all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up
1: yeah uh so Kevin i I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I now live in Arizona, so okay. I from all rain to all sun <laughs> sure, uh, sure great, great transition. I still I've been uh, in Arizona for about twenty years, so I'm just about dried out from the years I spent in Seattle Nice,
0: nice. Um,
1: but uh, no, I as a kid, you know inventing was it was somewhat of a dream. Uh, something I, I did for fun. you know okay. I, I had an invention journal. My mind was always spinning about different ideas. And one day, my mom, uh, before I got the invention drill, my mom was like, hey, you got all these ideas. Why don't you start writing them down? And she gave me a little spiral notebook, and I started writing them down. And I was about 12 years old when I started doing that and um, did it through my early 20s. And uh, it was fun. Um, But uh, as far as a profession, um, my profession has always been business. I've started over 30 companies since the age of 15. Um, I started my first auto detailing company when I was 15. Um, uh-huh. And when I say company, I mean, that's a loose term at 15, but that's when I started making money from, from doing it. I, I um, The truth is I, I started cleaning the car that I thought was going to be mine when I turned 16. It was my parents' car. Okay. And uh, it didn't happen like that. But I thought it was going to be mine, so I was, took pride in it, and I cleaned it, and the neighbors started seeing me and then my parents' friends. And so everybody's asking, Hey, clean my car. I'll give you some money. And so, you know, light bulb went off and I'm 15. I'm like, cool. I can make some money doing this. Sure. And I ran, I ran a detailing business that stemmed into multiple automotive businesses. I owned uh, multiple car washes and I owned a wheel repair company, which I actually currently still own. But, um, so it just, it stemmed from there. So business was that, uh, on the inventing side, um, I said I started when I was 12, writing my ideas down into my early 20s, and something kind of happened. You know, uh, in my early 20s, I came to the realization or so that I thought that inventing and coming up with a product idea was something really hard and that, you know, to get it off the ground, you had to have manufacturing facility and you had to have patents and you had to have all these things and these resources that I didn't have. So I kind of, it, it, it kind of stunted my, my creativity because it wasn't, it was like when I got old enough and thought, you know, inventing would be super cool to do, um, it kind of burst my bubble. And so I, I kind of gave up on it. And so that's when I went full time into business and, um, didn't really look back on the inventing side for a while. Um, so fast forward into my early thirties, I had three kids at the time. I still have three kids, but, um, and my oldest son had found one of my spiral notebooks, my invention journal awesome. you know, that I had. And uh, he found it in a little memorabilia box in the garage. So he brings me this journal out of nowhere and said, hey, dad, what's this? And I said, well, you know, when I was around your age, um, I had a dream of becoming an inventor. So I used to write down all these ideas in these, these journals and with the dream of one day becoming an inventor. And so my son looked at me and said, hey, Dad, why did you give up on your dreams? And it was at that point that I was like, holy cow. Here I am, (laughs) a father raising three boys, teaching them that they can dream big and do whatever they dream about. And, you know, here I am. I'm getting caught that I gave up on a big dream of mine. Sure. So it was about that time that I decided, you know what? He's right. I gave up on my dream back then. Um, I need to do something about that. And so I started writing down my ideas again. And didn't really know where to take it. Um, at the time, I had more resources than I did in my early 20s. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll manufacture a product. Okay. And so I started researching it. And then I stumbled upon Stephen Key's book, One Simple Idea. And the premise of being able to license a product to a company that has all the resources, that has all the distribution, has all the connections, all the money to be able to get the product off the ground on the store shelves. And then collect a royalty and move on. So um, after I got that in my head, I realized this is completely possible. No matter what kind of resources anybody has, licensing is truly for everybody. And so Interesting. Um, it was shortly after that, and I started learning about licensing um, a lot through Stephen Key, um, through Rights, uh, Stephen Key and Andrew Krause's company. And um, basically, I came up with ArtSplash shortly after that. Uh, I called it three D liquid art. At okay. The time.
0: So how did that come to be? Um, just out of curiosity, because you had a really cool story. And I remember when we first kind of chatted.
1: Yeah. So that was an accident, uh, which is kind of ironic. Um, and there's no <laughs> true a- there's no true accident. Sure. I mean, when you're an inventor and you're you're thinking like an inventor, you're constantly looking at things differently than than other people. And so what happened was um, at a, at one of my car washes. So. Um, I had a car wash was a hand car wash and it took a little longer for cars to be clean, you know, so half an hour, 45 minutes sometimes. And when customers would bring their cars in with their kids, their kids would be running around all over the place. There's just nothing for them to do. Sure. So I thought, you know, I need to make something for kids to do so they're not getting run over. And so, um, at a October festival, I got this idea of this duck race. So, um, that was not my invention. It was just something I saw to, you know, um, an event. So basically, what it was was two old-fashioned water pumps, um, a water container, uh, and then two troughs, uh, essentially uh, like rain gutters. Mm-hmm. And so you would stick a rubber duck on each side of the track, and then each person would pump the the water. And the faster you pump the water, the more water you pump out, the faster the duck goes down the track, and someone wins. Sure. So it was a lot of fun. And in the process, um, I was coating the gutters. With some waterproofing material and I was painting them and I mixed the two chemicals together by accident and what happened was when I put water on the track in one specific area uh, there was a kind of a a design of water that was in a like a beaded shape um, that was stuck kind of in one spot and I thought that's really interesting I wonder if I can mimic this into something really cool like a stencil so I did, and it worked fantastically. And so then I was like, wow, the light bulb went off. This is super cool. Uh, I called the patent attorney, went through the process of filing, and then it was time to, okay, what do I do with this? Sure. So I started calling around. Um, I got it licensed. Make a long story short, license fell through. Um, I tried out for a TV show. Uh, I got turned down from the TV show. Okay. I, how did, did you find the TV campaign. just
0: online or or how did you come The TV
1: that? show – well, the TV show was Make Me a Millionaire Inventure, okay. the one that I got turned down from. Okay. Um, and so then I had a Kickstarter campaign that failed. Okay. Uh, and after that, what happened was I was kind of at the end of my rope. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was thinking maybe back to manufacturing.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I got a phone call from a producer that was on Make Me a Millionaire Inventure. And okay. the person said – we saw your product there. It was not a good fit for that show, but we feel that's a perfect fit for this new show called The Toy Box, okay. put on by ABC, Mattel, Disney, Toys R Us. Um, so, do you want to try out? I'm like, absolutely. Where do I sign? You know? <laughs> sure. And uh, so that's awesome, though. I uh, yeah, so I got on the show and and eventually won, and and products in Toys R Us now. So it's called Art Splash.
0: So kind of walk me through the process, because like I've seen the show and I'm sure a lot of people have seen the show, but it's quite like walk us through kind of the premise of the show, because it's quite an accomplishment to actually, I think, make it through like one round, never mind winning the show.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for one thing, the show is a big secret. Um, Okay. they're like season two is already aired there's already a winner season two. Season two, people had an idea of, for one, they, they knew that the judges were going to be, you know, kids, you wow. know, 10-year-olds, you know, I mean, 7 to 12. But um, we didn't know that. So for us oh, interesting. to get on to stay on the stage and all of a sudden see this panel of judges that are kids, it was quite shocking. So sure. that was one thing that the audience didn't really understand um None of us inventors knew that we were going to be in front of kids, yes, so that yes. was it was pretty fun. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was it was nerve wracking though. I mean, because for one, you know, we go out, we would do our segment, and then we would get put back into. Well, I was in the stairwell, so there was no <laughs> like green room. <laughs> sure. My green room was a stairwell because they wanted to keep all of us inventors separate for some reason. Oh, okay, um, they, they wanted to keep us segregated, so we weren't discussing. So we weren't discussing things, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, and then so I won the first show, and it was a couple days until the finale. So I got to hang out in New York for a while, and then came back for the finale, where all the winners of each episode came back and had their chance to win the grand prize so sure um but yeah the world went it was
0: yeah it's interesting because like I, i've seen kind of uh season one and and i think i've seen even maybe part of season two and like it's interesting because when people are pitching like these are kids right so they're the nice thing about kids and and something that i, that I wish like where we kind of lose as maybe we get older is like they're brutally honest. Like, whether they love it, hate it, or like they don't understand it or whatever, they will tell you, right? So, I can imagine like how, like, if you didn't know you were going in to pitch to kids and you walk in and you're just like a little panel of, of kids and they're just like, love it, right? You're like, okay, that's awesome. But yeah, so that's that's really cool, man. So,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it's kids, like you said, kids are honest. And the thing is, kids are not thinking about, other motives other reasons they're not thinking about sales of the product they're not thinking anything corporate they're just like sure. do i like it or do i not it's just so raw
0: yeah yeah and it's like would i play with it yes or no yeah yeah totally yeah okay. or, or like when they i've seen them not like obviously not your but like i've seen them where they like like this product seems similar to that product right you're just like really like that's pretty cool that they can even make that comparison right so uh-huh. yeah so, so you win you win the show. So then kind of what happens?
1: Well, so, yeah, that was like, you know, <laughs> it went from a big, huge high to just a deep low. And okay. the only reason it was a deep low was because I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. You know, mm. I was like under massive contract, you know, of secrecy. So, sure. I mean, I wasn't even allowed to tell my immediate family. I mean, like, you know... um <laughs> That's, that's a little tough, you know, I mean, come back and, you know, my parents and, you know, fan members are like, how'd
0: it go? It's like, you know, (laughs) uh, you'll find out in a few, (laughs) in a few months, because I'm assuming it took a few months to air. Actually, it took a lot longer than that. Oh, Um, okay.
1: It was intended to take a few months and I I don't have the exact, I forget exactly how long, but, um, the show actually got pushed back a little while because, um, my, because of my product, the the, you know, just to get everything figured out, the chemical makeup and, and the manufacturability and everything, awesome. um, was a little bit of a challenge because, you know, dealing with chemicals and had to pass certain regulations to make sure to make sure it's safe as a kid's product. Right. Um, so, it took longer than just something that you would throw into an injection mold and spit out, you know. Um, so, yeah, it took a little while. So, I was, you know, I was like waiting for a long time. Wow. And uh, a lot of anticipation, so.
0: So how involved – because, like, it, it got put out by Mattel. So were you kind of working with them heavily to actually get it kind of ready for, for the shelf, you know, uh, for Toys R Us, basically? Or or how did that kind of come? Or were you kind of on your own? Was it a bit of both? Like, did they kind of basically say, like, we'll help you with all this? Or were you kind of on your own or a bit of both?
1: So usually when you're licensing um – the the licensee is going to get as much information from you as possible, obviously, to help them in, in manufacturing and development. Sure. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not the professional when it comes to distribution, manufacturing, right. and, and that stuff. They are. Sure. And so in the beginning, you know, we met, they got every bit of information that I had, and then they took it from there. So I didn't have any say on the name. I didn't have any say on packaging, um, which rightfully so, that, you know. It's their big investment so um they're gonna and they're they've got people that are on salary doing this for a living um so you know who am I to say what the packaging should look like interesting Um, so yeah yeah Uh,
0: did you have to get up did you have to like uh were you involved though like would they show you kind of concepts and you had to say yay or nay or it was you didn't even have a choice didn't have a choice on that yeah interesting okay when it came
1: when it came time to You know, I I got a sneak peek before the show aired, and they said, "Here it is. This is what it's going to look like. This is how it's designed." Uh, What do you think?
0: Okay, (laughs) I think they were just
1: they they were asking for just you know um, (laughs) the heck of it because I don't think it really mattered what I thought, and I and I was I was truly I was excited. I mean, it it came out really good, Um, so there's nothing negative that I would have said anyways, but. I don't think it would have mattered you if I did have something negative to say.
0: Yeah, that's actually really interesting though, right? Because I think sometimes like just being able to kind of let go and let the people that have done, you know, this for, for decades, right? Just kind of handle it. Mm-hmm. It can be tricky, but at the same time, like they know what they're kind of doing and just kind of leaving it to them is an interesting kind of way to go about it, right? And I think I, I kind of agree with you, like, I actually think the packaging is really good and how it turned out is really good. Um, but it, it, it would be kind of hard to let go. I could see how that could potentially be hard for some people, right? Not saying you, but just in general. So,
1: well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean with inventors, every licensing deal is different. So you sure. have to
0: take that in consideration. Sometimes
1: the licensing deal, um, it, they require the, everything to come back to the inventor for approval. Right. Okay? And some, they don't. My licensing deal was not like that. Um, because it was Mattel okay yeah sure it was a TV show and and, but anyhow um, yes there's some licensing deals that are like that and the ones that are not if you're an inventor that's once controlled everything you're probably gonna have a problem with that sure it's it's what it is
0: so I I know we've kind of loosely covered exactly what the product kind of is but for people that haven't maybe heard of Art Splash or, or seen it on TV how do you describe the product because Like I said earlier, like my daughter has one and she really loves it. But for people that haven't heard of it, like give us a kind of a quick overview of exactly what the final product kind of is.
1: So the technology is called surface tension,
0: water tension. So basically
1: what it is, is um, it is different. uh, It's different coatings on the the substrate, on the, on the essentially paper. It's like plastic, but, um, and with the different, variations of surface tension in the different areas what happens is when you put a drop of water in a specific area and if it's a specific area where we want the water to stay Mm -hmm. then what happens is that water stays there and it doesn't want to go onto the other areas where we don't want the water so what it does is with all the surface tension it pushes that water together and which it balls up okay so it turns into like a bead almost sure yeah And it's the bead in in the shape a predetermined shape that we've that we've designed and so when you start adding different colors of water in different specific areas um kind of like a paint by numbers type thing then you get this three dimensional art that looks like i've I've heard people say it looks like jello it looks like it's You know, everybody can't believe that it's still liquid. Everybody's like, oh, it turns into a solid, right? Well, no, it's still liquid. If you tip it, it's all going to run off. Sure. Um, So it's kind of a, a... You know, I mean, my one sentence benefit statement, which is something that we teach at InventRight on how to pitch a product, Uh is my product makes three dimensional images out of water.
0: Yeah, very cool. Yeah, my daughter calls them like little jewels, but it's the same kind of concept, right? Like, but it's liquid. It's cool. Like, people should Google it, right? And and actually have a look at it. Like, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but you, I think you did a good job of explaining it, right? Without seeing it, right? Because I've never seen anything anything like it before, right? So I, I think it's really sure. cool. So so it, you get it obviously done by Mattel. It's, it's sold in, in Toys R Us so people can go pick it up. Walk me through kind of what happened kind of next for you because you started a, a product development company. You're involved in InventRight. So what, what what did you end up doing kind of after the product launch and is in stores and people are start buying this thing?
1: Yeah. So now what I do is I, not only am I still inventing, still pitching ideas, still trying to get other more licensing deals to add to my, my belt. Um, I also coach, so that's my product development side. I own a product development company called Enjoyal. Um, but, uh, part-time I work for invent, Okay.
0: Um,
1: and I, every day, you know, two hours a day I help students with their inventions and I help them, um, get their inventions to the point where they can pitch them to companies. Okay. So we teach a 10 step process of how to take your product from an idea into the, you know, the marketing material and everything that's needed, It's patent pending and getting it out to companies. You know, we help you negotiate the deal, everything. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, that's what I do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. I'm constantly dealing with new product, new products and inventions and licensing deals.
0: Okay. So for people that are maybe listening that, you know, either have a product idea or maybe a prototype or or something kind of, at what kind of state or kind of, you know, uh, should they kind of potentially come to somebody like you guys at InventRight? Like, is it pretty early on when it's on a napkin or do they need a prototype or where do they need to be to come to you guys?
1: To be honest, I have students that come to me without even
0: an idea, really. I mean, they might right. have one idea or two ideas. You know, we recommend
1: coming with a couple ideas, um, but they can be, yeah, like you said, napkin, you know, they can be napkin drawings. Okay. They can help you through the process. Um, we develop, you know, with our program, we develop virtual prototypes for our students, um, sell sheets, you know, so the marketing material. Sure. Uh, we help them with their, their provisional patent application. So they have patent pending for a year. Um, you know, like I said, we help, we help students from start to finish.
0: Interesting. Okay. And like, I, I've checked out the site before, like you guys have done some actually like big products that I think a lot of people would kind of recognize, right? Just kind of like either in, they've seen them in a commercial or at, at a physical location. So you, without maybe if you, if you want, you could kind of cover some of the products you've worked on, but what types of stuff do you usually kind of, help people with, or is it kind of all over the map?
1: It's all over the map. I have, I have students with inventions in every category, um, you know, so it's, there's no, there's no limits. I mean, we even have students that are dealing with, um, business method patents. Okay. So what does that mean for people that don't know? Business method is is basically a way of doing business. Okay. So you can file a, a business methods patent. Okay. And Um, then you can contact a company and let them know that you have a new way for them to do their business differently.
0: Interesting. You know,
1: so it's not, it's not a common one, but um, it is something that is out there.
0: So do you find like, obviously you've been through the whole kind of like from basically like an idea to, to getting something in stores, like what types of advice do you kind of give people that are maybe looking to do this because you've kind of, you know, had some ups and downs, obviously like a huge success. So like what kind of advice do you give people when they're kind of just getting into this game?
1: Um, it's a numbers game for one. I tell my students all the time. It's a numbers game. Um, okay. Don't think your first idea is going to get licensed. Um, I got lucky with my, that wasn't my first idea, but it was the first idea I actually tried pitching. So I was fortunate. Okay, uh, It doesn't always happen like that. I have students that, it happens for. And then I have students that have pitched multiple ideas and they're still pitching them. Um, and it's just the way it works. Sometimes it's timing. You got to have tough skin. You need to be able to make phone calls, call companies, submit your products and just keep moving forward.
0: Sure. And, and I'm assuming you guys kind of potentially make some intros through invent, right? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: we have, um, we have a database of, Uh, I think it's around over 3000 companies that are what we call open innovation companies. Okay. And they are companies that we provide our students with their contact information, the way they like to, their products submitted to them. Um, So we call it InventRight Connect, but when you're a student of InventRight, you have access to that. Um, So there's no guessing. Will a company like, will a company accept my idea or not? We give you that information so you can just start calling the companies and submitting.
0: Okay. No, that's fair. So I'm curious, though, on a, there, I think I probably know your answer. It probably really depends. But is there kind of like a, is prototyping or getting kind of a first version that people can play with can potentially be really expensive? Is there kind of a a rough like advice you could give people to be like, you know, don't spend more than X amount, or you know, try to do it with. Cardboard instead of metal or I, I don't know like is there kind of advice on like what you tell people like to actually get something into somebody's hands whether it's an actual working prototype or, or something kind of a simple built out of like cardboard or something. Is there know, how much money should you potentially so, spend?
1: So what we teach at InventRight is spend as little as possible to pitch a product. Okay. okay? We don't want you to go file a non-provisional patent, which is the actual patent that's just going to cost you four to $10,000. Sure. We want you to file a provisional patent for $70 okay. and be able to get a prototype that you haven't spent more than maybe $100 on. Uh, I mean, because like, we give a free virtual prototype um, with our program. So okay. a student comes to us, we do a free virtual prototype. Virtual prototypes are great if it doesn't need proof of concept. Mm, sure. So if it's not the hoverboard, if it's not the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2 yeah. um, that you're trying to pitch to a company, then you, a, a virtual prototype is fine. So is that just
0: like a 3D rendering that they can interact with? Is, is that what a virtual prototype is? Yeah. A virtual prototype is going to be um, something
1: that's done on the computer. Okay. Um, it's three-dimensional and... You know, it's not something you can touch and feel, but it's something that looks like the product would look after it's made.
0: Okay. And then you obviously work with the student um, to actually kind of create that, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. The student will come up with some, you know, rough sketches, some napkin drawings. Okay. Some reference photos online of other products that are similar colors. And then our designers build them that 3D rendering.
0: Okay. No, that's really cool. And so when they're basically going to pitch to one of these big companies, they, they basically just bring in their laptop and, and plug it in and kind of let them see the product kind of virtually? Is that is that fair to say how that kind of goes?
1: Most, 99% of the time, um, our students are not, you know, going and pitching the product live. Oh, interesting. It's via email. Okay. Yeah, so the process is, you know, we teach the students, call a company, um, say, I mean, what I say is, Hey, my name is Ryan. I'm a product developer. I was calling to see if you guys accept product submissions. Okay. It's either going to be yes, no, or I don't know. And from there you find out who the person you'll be talking to, then start pitching it from there. Um, send them a sell sheet and you know, then you go into the next stages. But
0: sure. And then I'm assuming at some point like you just send them a link to that virtual kind of product and they can kind of virtually Actually, play with
1: it. Uh, yeah, the product is on the sell sheet. So in our marketing oh, okay. material, okay, um, it'll be you know a picture we call it the beauty shot of okay. the product. Uh, usually, it'll have uh, some bullet points of the benefits. It'll have the what we call a one sentence benefit statement at the top that that really captures, intrigues someone um, on the product.
0: Okay. No, that's that's really cool. So. And then, how does it kind of like, what is the, how do you guys kind of monetize Invent, right? Like, do students have to pay for it? Do you get kind of part of the licensing deals? Like, how, how does that kind of work?
1: Yeah. So, we are not a submission company. So, okay. the submission companies usually, um, I can't speak for all of them, but most of the time they'll charge someone a, a fee to submit and then they'll take a percentage of royalties. Um, we are not that. We are just a coaching company. Okay. So, we don't want any percentage of royalties. We charge a flat fee um, to be part of our program, and it's, we we have a few different options. And I can't speak specifically on pricing because I'm not in sales. But sure. um, you know, basically, what it is is we have a one-on-one coaching. You know, a student is set up with one of us coaches, myself or one of our other many coaches, and um, you know, we help them through phone calls, through emails. Um, we help them dial in everything you know, answer any questions they have and help them through our online course and teach them a 10-step process to get their product from a napkin drawing into a licensing deal. Sure.
0: And you guys have had kind of products, you know, in, in some of the biggest retailers like, you know, Walmart and Toys R Us and Petsmart. I'm just looking at the site right oh, now, yeah. actually. Like, you know, Target and Home Home Depot and like, like places like that, right? That everybody's kind of heard of or driven by at least a handful of times. So, but I, I'm curious, though, where do you kind of like? What are you doing kind of now? Like, I know you're you're you have your own kind of product development company, and you're doing InventRight. But like, walk me through kind of your your day to day process when when you're developing kind of a new product.
1: So my day to day process of personally developing, yeah, is coming up with a product, okay, um, coming up with maybe a prototype. Coming up with a sell sheet. So it's pretty much the same. It is it is the same. I mean, I, I do what I teach. So um, I build a sell sheet, so marketing material. Okay. I build what we call a hit list. So we, okay. we build a list of companies that would be potentially a licensee for our product. Okay. And then I start making phone calls. You know? okay. and it's just what I said. You know, I'm trying to get in the door. And then once I can get that my foot in the door, then I'm submitting my, my product, uh, my sell sheet, my marketing material.
0: Okay. And
1: then I'm, you know, I'm currently working on a couple of contracts uh, personally um, for a few of my products uh, that hopefully will be signed. Um, I have one specifically that's under review right now for okay. a, a fitness product. Okay. Um, I have a shoe product. I've got toy products. I've got household products. So, and it's just, you know, pitching the ideas and hoping the company, uh, you know, is interested.
0: Sure. But, but I think that's actually really good advice for people listening, right? It's like you sold a a product to a huge company, you know, it's obviously, you know, kind of across the nation, but you're still basically doing what you did before you sold that product to Mattel, right? And won the show. Like, so I, I think that's really good advice to people listening.
1: Well, this is what I want to do. It's not it's not a one and done type thing. Um I I love coming up with products. Why would I stop after I license something? I mean, why not just keep doing it and getting better at it? Sure. And that's the whole goal. I mean, since, you know, being a coach and teaching people and working with people every day, I'm better I'm I'm able to sharpen the skills of licensing and and product development. I'm constantly helping students, you know, fine tune their ideas. And better their ideas so it just helps with my my own personal uh, skills
0: sure so like'm I'm, I'm guessing that the fact that you sold something to Mattel helps with some of the negotiations or or does it really does it how much does it matter I guess to some of these other companies is it is it kind of a big deal is it a nice to have or it they don't really care
1: so it's nice to have okay. um it's nice to have that that I mean because it it does make me look like a more professional um, you know, more professional in the business. Okay. Now with that said, I mean, our students, you know, if if they present themselves appropriately in a professional manner, Mm -hmm. then they're going to have the same um, you know, potential that I would have. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm able to license product easier uh, just because I was on a TV show and I, because it comes down to the product and it comes down to my pitch and uh, just because I tell them I was on TV and I licensed something to Mattel isn't going to get my my chances of licensing a new product any better.
0: Sure. So walk me through a little bit of the the process because you've kind of covered it. So you you pitch a product that you, meant, you mentioned you sent some cold calls you you sent some emails, but like and you said you have a product under review. Like wh- how long does it kind of roughly take? I'm I'm sure it's different based on how complicated the the product is, but you know like you you basically submit to them and then do they basically call you back and say like, we're reviewing it or, or kind of walk me through like kind of a rough process of how it kind of goes from actually getting, you know, into review and them deciding whether they're going to make this or not.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like I can relate it to dating. Okay. Right? So, you know, if it, you know, so you submit your product. Okay. Okay. And maybe it intrigues, it intrigues someone in the company. Okay. okay. That's like, it's like the day that's like you're, you're seeing each other from across the room and, you start that dating, you know, and then you ask mm-hmm. them out and go on a date. So that first call that they want to talk to you is, is your first date,
0: okay? Right? So
1: you're you're not you're not saying, hey, I want 10% royalty, I want minimum guarantees, I want you know upfront royalty advance. You know, you're not saying all this stuff because that would be the equivalent of like asking, hey, you want to spend the night tonight? You're sure. not going to do that on your first date. So you just kind of you're interviewing them a little bit. So when they call and they're interested, it's just kind of you're interviewing them they're interviewing you. Um, you're asking things like, you know, if if they're interested and obviously if they're calling you back, they're interested. Sure. So the kind of questions you're going to ask are, you know, where do you guys distribute? You know, are you worldwide? What stores are you in? Uh, what categories? Um, you know, just kind of just talk and you're kind of taking notes, you know? Um, and then it comes down to, they ask, maybe they're interested more and they want to move to this next step. All right. Okay. Um, then it's, well, what do you want? All right. They're asking you, what do you want? Um, you always try to get them to throw the first punch. Okay. okay. So when it comes to like, for example, a royalty rate, you don't want to throw out 7% Okay. Um, because maybe they were thinking 10%, you know, maybe they were thinking, you know, something else and you can never come, they can never come down from what they say. So okay. if they say, for example, um, let's say they say eight percent. Well great. You were thinking seven in your head. Sure. Perfect. Eight. Um, and you can you can just take that or uh, or you know, what you do is we, we call it framing. And so if if they say three percent and you were thinking seven, then basically that's that's the frame. So they say three and you say, Well, I was thinking more around eight, why don't we settle it like seven? Okay. Then you framed it. So then it's like, okay, well, they're saying three, you're saying seven. Now, maybe, hopefully, we can meet in the middle somewhere around five. Sure. Um, so it's just, it's all about negotiating. We teach that. We have um, an actually, you know, when it gets to negotiation stages, uh, David Fido is our negotiations coach in InventRight. Okay. And Stephen, you know, helps David, too. So, you know, it's, and that's all Steve uh, David does It's negotiating. I mean, he has contract after contract after contract. That he's helping our students negotiate, so it's that's his specific role in the company.
0: Okay. So you negotiate and you come to a number, then kind of what happens?
1: So there's many different factors in a, in a license agreement. So okay. One, the very first thing is royalty rate, right? I mean, everybody wants to know, what's my rate? What's my rate? I want 10%. Um, well, that is very minimal with importance when it comes down to a actual agreement. There's so many other things involved. There's minimum guarantees because what good is a 10, 20, 30, whatever percentage rates that you get. Sure. If there's no minimum guarantees and they don't sell anything. Yep. If they don't sell anything and there's no, there's no way for you to get that contract back, that licensing, you know, that product back, yep. then they can sit on your product for a lifetime and it's done. You don't make a dollar, even if your percentage is 20%. Interesting. So a minimum guarantee is very important. Okay. Um, and so, working that into a contract is important. We have things like performance clauses where, you know, we say, Hey, we'll give you a year to get the product in the store. And if you can't do that, then we get the product back. There's just all sorts of different things in a contract that you want to look at.
0: Okay. No, that's, that's actually really interesting. So if, if the product starts kind of, you know, selling and, and is doing well, do you usually try to negotiate like a better percentage or like a bonus or, or how does that kind of work?
1: Um there are different ways um, that that can be done. Okay. Um but it's most of the time it's it's not done quite like that. Okay. Um it's not like, hey, if my product sells this much, then you're gonna owe me more money. Um it's just it's based on the percentage. It's usually, you know, the minimums are set so you're not getting paid less than what's agreed upon. Okay, okay. okay. Um, so if you have a $50,000 a year minimum and they don't sell enough product at your specific percentage rate to equate to a payment of that within the year, yeah, then they have to pay you the difference or you get the product back.
0: Okay, interesting. Okay, no, that's, that's, that's cool. And then so... And then it just kind of like how's like cuz Art, Art Splash has been out for a while now. Like do you talk to Mattel kind of on like a quarterly basis or yearly basis or you don't really talk to them at all anymore? Um about Art Splash? Yeah. I don't talk to, I don't talk to them about
1: Art Splash really much. Okay. Uh, there's not much that I can say to them about Art Splash. I mean, they at this point they know more about Art Splash than I do. Okay. Um,
0: and then you just get your, so, your checks in the mail, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and and royalties are paid quarterly. Okay. Um, most in most deals, you know, so it's every three months. Okay. And it's usually you know thirty to forty five days after the end of the quarter. Um, okay. So.
0: No, okay, that's that's really cool. So. Uh, We're kind of coming to the end of the show, but is there any other kind of advice that you maybe haven't mentioned that you you think would be really good for people that are looking to kind of get into the inventor business or space?
1: Uh, If if someone is looking to get into the invention space, specifically in licensing, um, don't think you don't have what it takes. Because anybody, I believe anybody can do it. It's not rocket science. Um, You know... I wouldn't say it's easy, but it is simple. Okay.
0: So okay, interesting. simple,
1: meaning, simple means anybody could do it. Easy means it's going to take you work. Sure. You know, so don't get into it thinking it's the slam dunk, no problem. It's going to take you work. Um, but I mean, how great is it to be able to think of something, give it off to a company and then collect royalties for who knows how long. I mean, sure. Maybe it's three years, 10, maybe it's forever. Who knows? sure um so and then you move on to the next product or you continue to do your full-time job and you do this on the side
0: sure I, I guess yeah like you there's no reason you can't do this part-time right if if that's your goal yeah that's interesting
1: we don't recommend that someone quits their day job
0: okay to start, interesting to license
1: you know i mean licensing can take three six nine you know 12 months i mean it just, it depends, you know, sometimes contracts can go into negotiation for three to six months, you know, sure. after companies company's already interested. Okay. So, and then after that, you got to think it's got to go into manufacturing. That could take another six months. And then right. you're not getting paid for, you know, uh, until the next quarter ends and then 45 days after that. So you can see it's a long process. It's not get a product, invent it, and get paid in a week or a month. It's, it's a long process. So you just keep at it. Sure. So what we recommend is, you know, stick with what you do for a living. Do this on the side. When you start building up a couple royalties and you got, you know, money flowing in, then you can transition to a full-time position in, you know, product development.
0: Interesting. No, I, I think that's really good advice, but sadly, we're, we're at the end of the show. So let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself Art Splash and uh, InventRight, and anything else you want to mention?
1: I think that's it. Yeah, check out Art Splash. Uh, you can Google it; you'll find it. Um, yeah. You know, it's at ToysRUs.com or any ToysRUs. Um, you can look me up. I'm on um, I'm on Facebook or LinkedIn under Ryan Stewart. Um, and uh, as far as InventRight, go to InventRight.com. If you're looking to be a student, you want to learn more about licensing. And, uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: Perfect, Ryan. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.